Hello and welcome to the One Trust Talks Tech podcast. This is episode number 10, recorded on July 31st, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at One Trust and will be acting as the host of this podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a deeper dive into some of the recently released features in our third-party due diligence product. The guest today is Chris Bailey, who is the Senior Product Manager for TPDD, or Third-Party Due Diligence. Before we get to the guests, uh, just a quick reminder that this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchase decisions. All right, well, now let's move on to the... uh, to the guest of the podcast, the main topic, which is third-party due, di- due diligence. I've got Chris Bailey with me today, who's a senior product manager here at OneTrust, focusing on third-party due diligence. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Roger, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. If I know third-party due diligence is really um, taking off, a lot of interest in that. I know you've been working hard on it for a couple of years now. In the last release, 7.1, we, we released several new product features in this area maybe let's talk about i think there's some things in there like match feedback and monitoring and linkedin entities that would love to know more about so can what can you tell us about those well i I think we could kick off just talking a little bit about um the match feedback and monitoring alerts aspects and so you know when when you're thinking about any sort of third-party due diligence solution you're always looking at data that's coming back around key categories of risk, such as adverse media, um, sanctions, watch list concerns, state-owned companies, politically exposed persons data. And for us, with the third-party due diligence solution, we're integrated with Dow Jones. And Mm -hmm. so when a customer, a user sends uh, a request to Dow Jones for that that content. Typically, there's only a few pieces of information that are shared, the country, the name of the person or the entity. And what happens is all the all this data comes back, anything that matches the criteria that the uh, user or customer has entered. And so what happens is you end up having, names and profiles and data that may or may not match the exact uh, person or entity that you are uh, looking for that risk data on. And so with that context in mind, customers need a way to be able to manage the alerts that are both correct as well as possibly what are known as false positives so that they can remove those false positives and only focus on the risk data that is specific to the correct entity or person that they've screened. So that's the core of our match feedback functionality. It's allowing those users to be able to confirm or dismiss matches. And when they dismiss a match, the user will never see another alert related to the incorrect match that came through initially. Uh, Okay, I see. So maybe, if you could just back up a little bit and talk about how Dow Jones works with respect to people submitting in feedback on a specific entity or customer, I assume that's, you know, any party can provide feedback saying that, you know, fictitious company A has uh, has done something wrong or whatever, and that may or may not be true, or it may or not be the right company, and that 
two companies may have very similar names and it may get associated to the wrong company. And then we would see that through our integration with Dow Jones popping up as an alert saying, hey, this third party that you're doing business with has a new alert in Dow Jones and you want to, uh, do you want to keep it or not, I guess is kind of what, what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. For the initial screening, think of it this way. Um, so first off, Dow Jones curates data. So what sure. they do, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, like just bringing everything into their system. They it's not have, like Twitter or anything. No, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is more of a very curated database of risk data, um, focused on regulatory criminal, um, concerns and risks. Uh, and so, they have these profiles and they use name matching algorithms, obviously, to uh, link up what the user is looking for relative to the profiles that exist in their database. And so that's kind of step one. And that brings back everything that matches now, which is the perfect chance for us to pivot to monitoring alerts. Mm. So you, you, you alluded to this a little bit about, you know, what, I, I've submitted this name, and let's just say um, I am onboarding third party X, and mm-hmm. and I submit third party X to Dow Jones. Well, it turns out that there's no matches. Okay, that's good news on most fronts because that means you know there's no known risk data in their database on third party X. Well. Once you've submitted that, and let's just say you move forward, there's no other flags that come up through assessments or whatever. Well, Dow Jones is now regularly, every 24 hours, monitoring that name for any new alerts. And so if they create a new profile um, and add that risk profile into the system and it matches that search criteria, third-party X, you're now going to be notified of that so that you are proactively aware of a new risk that may or may not be associated with the third party. Again, you're going to review, you're going to confirm, you're going to dismiss. And that's our monitoring alert functionality, where we are providing those alerts and surfacing clear risk data to allow users to more rapidly mitigate that risk, determine if it's a correct match or a false positive. Got it. So how often let's just say on a fairly active company, how often does that kind of thing happen? I mean, we're talking once a day, once a month, once a week for alerts to pop up. Would you say? I guess it depends on who the company is, right? (laughs) You nailed it. It depends on not only who the company is, but what industry are they in? Um, What entities are they screening in the system? A lot of our customers will focus on a subset of their third parties that what are you know their highest risk third risk, parties maybe yeah. it's agents or intermediaries anyone who's operating on their behalf that automatically elevates that risk level and so depending on the scope of the customer's program is partly going to drive the likelihood for monitoring alert matches now if you're if you're screening uh, and you're in an industry that's relatively low risk and uh, the third parties you're working with are are in that same bucket of low risk, you may not get many matches. But if you're in a high risk industry, uh, oil and gas, right. uh, metals and mining, minerals, you know, pharmaceuticals, whatever, those you you might 
be seeing a lot more regular matches on the confirmed data that you've already right. screened against. So and, it really depends. And you multiply that times the number of third parties. And I, I know some of our customers have hundreds, if not thousands, of third parties in their in their third party database, in essence, that they're monitoring. And so that could be a what I was getting to ultimately is that could be a tremendous number of potential alerts that would come in and without this monitoring feature that might be really hard to keep track of. Correct. Yeah, it's high value not only with the monitoring functionality but we've also in the new release because we had the monitoring already in place before the release but with it we've enhanced it to where now we have a uh, a new tab in the tool that's surfacing exactly what changed if it's an existing risk profile. So, okay. so now you're seeing the Delta, like, oh, there's a new adverse media article. This entity was added to a watch list, et cetera. And so it'll help you more quickly identify and review that newly surfaced risk from an existing profile where you've already reviewed perhaps, you know, dozens of other risks right. associated with that third party. That makes perfect sense. That's awesome. Um, and I assume that both of the uh, match feedback and monitoring have have been highly requested features coming in from customers using our third-party due diligence product. Yeah, it's 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 almost beyond that. It's a critical component. Yeah, it's of a critical. A third yeah. Party. yeah. So, um, yes, very very wanted, and certainly was um, uh, inhibiting our ability to uh, have more customers on board sooner. So makes sense. Um, yeah, much needed and much appreciated in the market. And so these are out. These two features, and we'll get to linked entities in a second, but these two features are were just released in the 7.1 release as generally available, correct? No feature toggles or anything like that you need. Correct. Those are both out in the wild, ready for customers to utilize as soon as they are onboarded. Awesome. Perfect. Yep. All right. So linked entities, what is that all about? Yeah, so linked entities, it's you know, it's what we're calling the feature, but the best way of thinking about linked entities is you've got your third party. And you know, generally, it's organizations where you're going to have linked entities added in. Think of it as a parent-child relationship. You have mm -hmm. that third-party organization. And within that, there are regulatory concerns uh, or requirements, I should say, um, for instance, tied to not only the, the third-party organization itself, but whether or not ownership of that third party, as an example, is sanctioned. So the, the organization itself may not be, but they may have sanctioned owners that hold, you know, 10, 20, 50, whatever percent ownership stake. And so by default, the organization that you might be working with, even though they came up clean in a screening, they may have ownership that isn't. And that puts you at regulatory risk. And so linked entities is giving our customers the ability to add those associated child relationships to that organization. And it doesn't have to just be owners. It can be managers, directors, officers, affiliated organizations, you name it. Um, any of those uh, would qualify as a linked entity and even fourth parties. And then once they're added into the system, you have the ability to screen and monitor those entities to again, surface those risks up to that third party relationship. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Cause it's not just really the company, it's maybe subsidiaries or partners to them. And, you know, there's a chain of those companies that, that goes pretty deep or owners or 
partners or board of directors, I would assume anything like that, that you could add in there and, and monitor those as well. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the, the sky's the limit in terms of how uh, customers can utilize linked entities. We have customers that are adding the banks that the third party works with as an example for oh, monitoring. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. So the financial relationships, um, fourth parties. So, you know, think about downstream, uh, the third parties of your third parties being able to be adding in those entities as well. So lots of different use cases that linked entities covers. That's really cool. And again, with this one, this is also out in the seven one release. Correct. Um, actually, Perfect. it went out. It went out a little bit earlier than that, but we've really paired up all of these functionalities together, and so uh, it's it's all hugely needed functionality for our customers. Yeah. With linked entities, I'll just add one more note. It's There's a lot of different components to how customers acquire linked entity information. So this is just the first phase of our development around linked entities, where we have plans to integrate with a provider that has beneficial ownership data, so that a customer at the push of the button can just pull in ownership data that otherwise they'd typically be getting through an assessment. We plan on integrating it into our assessments functionality so that users can send out those uh, assessments to acquire the data. Um, so a lot more to come with linked entities. It's one of our core focuses for the coming year. That's really cool. That's uh, sounds like you've done an amazing job with that. I think when you and I started about the same day or the same week, I think, and We've you've taken this product from basically nothing to to where it is now. It's amazing work you're doing. So it's really awesome to see that and hear that, and uh, hope that it continues to grow and and we get more customers on. Speaking of that, I would assume if folks are listening to this and they are not using third party due diligence, but are maybe using our privacy product or something else, is there um, you know what's the best way for someone to just learn about the product and um, understand what it can do and what it can do for them. I would assume there's my OT articles and, and other things like that, or just talk to your account rep. I mean, all of the above. Uh, we have a lot of different webinar content. Um, so yeah, a lot of different resources, but first step, absolutely reach out to their account executive to get that conversation going. You know, one thing that I'll add that's maybe obvious to you and I, but not to all of our listeners is because we have a platform, um, there's a, that's, that, that is how we got this product stood up so quickly. Um, and so there's a ton of other value that sits outside of third-party due diligence uh, for customers, for instance, that are using ITRM or uh, our third-party risk management tool. All of that has integration points with third-party due diligence. Um, so huge value there too. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the risks and the assessments and all of those things are, are common functionality that's shared across multiple products and they're all linked in together. So perfect. Yep. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I know it was short notice. I really appreciate it. And um, we're looking forward to all the great things coming out with third-party due diligence. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Roger. Okay. And that wraps it up for this week. Uh, kind of a shorter podcast for this week, only one section. Thanks a lot to Chris for joining today. And as always, thanks to everyone else for listening. Please remember that if you have any comments, feedback, or requests, you can email us at podcast at onetrust.com. Thanks again, and we will talk to you next Monday.